Hey guys, and welcome to our third edition of KXSC Podcast. Today we have Sophie of Luna Mag Collective. Um, She's going to be talking a little about what she does, how she works in the industry, and what kind of content she curates. So why don't we just start by you talking a little bit about like what you do, how you started Luna, and like how it's grown, and what you guys are doing now. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, y'all. I'm Sophie. Um, Yeah, I'm the founder and EIC of the Luna Collective. The one-liner I kind of give is that we're a creative platform and magazine. So we have a digital and print magazine, but we also just do a lot of different online content. Um, Back in the day, we'd, like, do events and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I started it when I was a sophomore at USC. I pretty much just wanted to find a way to talk to people. Like, I was always really been interested in, like, the music side of the business, but also very into visual arts and I just like talking to cool people and I always thought of myself as like a curator if you will like air quotes you know (laughs) um and I just wanted to find a way to like my logic was like if I really like what you're doing and I think it's cool like I want other people to be paying attention to you so I ultimately felt like a magazine was the best platform for that so first issue came out February 2018 when I was a sophomore and was doing that every month and then we change the timeline and now it's we do four editorial issues a year and four submission based seasonal zines and then in between and pretty much always we're doing online content for like instagram and our website so definitely been a journey and it's weird um to look back and see like what's changed and what's what's stuck since the beginning yeah and you guys just came out with um the fall yeah so our fall zine just came out today and like those are always really fun I mean, I feel really lucky, like, it's literally just submission-based, so we just open up, we're like, okay, this is our fall zine, our spring zine, or whatever, and people send in the most amazing work. Like, we feature only film photography, so it's just beautiful photos, like, poems, graphics, and we're able to make, like, a whole zine out of it, which is really cool. And so then we'll have our 14th issue out in February, because, like, December, you know, it's, like, a weird time to be putting stuff out, Um, and we're also putting out, like, a coffee table style book in December so I'm excited about that Mm. as well that sounds cool yeah I took a look at the fall zine looks really great I love like the notes that you put in the beginning of like all the editorials in the zines it's really sweet (laughs) thanks dude I never know what to say it's so funny like I never want to be like fake deep or annoying but I'm like okay I have to say something and I feel like I've gotten to the point where the bottom line of what I always am saying is like thank you so much like you know let's take the time to just read this like shout out to everyone that was a part of this like I don't I hate getting like fake deep and I'm like oh it's the fall like I don't know it's just it's sweet though it's like you want the content that you create yeah to like be thankful for the audience I guess yeah and I want it to be personalized like I've really worked to kind of keep like my identity somewhat separate like I don't want to make Luna all about me like yes it's my thing but it's like our audience's thing and the people we get to work with thing and I've always tried to keep that separate but then I also want it to always be personal like people know like it's me like there's one person on the other side like when you dm or email me like I see everything I read everything like it it's a person it's not some huge like company and corporation you know yeah and I guess that kind of goes into like one of the questions I had like you, what we were, we were talking earlier about like how Luna is not a platform that necessarily advertises itself as diverse. That's just kind of like something that you guys are, you know, is something that you guys do over and over when you um, publish content. Um, 
like is how much of your content is stuff that like you as the creator and as the editor in chief like think that the world needs to needs to see and like like you said like art that you want to advertise and like how much of it is what you think that your audience wants to see or what do you think your like audience expects from from Luna and from the content that you guys put out yeah that's a really good question and it's definitely a balance that like I continue to figure out because like I said like yeah I started this this is my thing but it's like very quickly it became clear that wasn't my thing it's for the people that are like supporting us that we get to work with but I like to think that I have a good sense of what the audience wants and I mean I think like music is a good example of like we tend to feature I mean genres are like whatever now but we feature a lot of like more bedroom pop indie a little bit of hip-hop now like you know kind of those genres were like I personally like yes I listen to a lot of stuff but like I'm very into rap and hip-hop and EDM, (laughs) which, like, I don't think most people would expect that because, you know, I run a magazine that's, like, mainly bedroom pop stuff. So when I'm getting pitches for music that is really not on brand, even if I like it, there's always that balance of, like, okay, just because I like it doesn't mean it goes with, like, what people are going to want to see. And sometimes it is, like, the numbers game where it's, like, okay, just because this artist has X amount of, like, followers, if it just isn't a good fit for like what our audience is expecting then it's not a good fit so I like to think that like my taste is definitely still similar to what most of the audience is expecting and I definitely know like or have I like to think I have a good sense of where that balance is of okay maybe this is something that this is something that they could discover and maybe not everyone will like it but it also could be something to push them like maybe a little outside their comfort zone and they could find something new you know yeah, it's interesting, especially because you, like, you're the editor-in-chief, but you guys, you have, like, a huge team working with you as well, um, and so I guess I was wondering, like, is it more of just, like, a, a collaborative effort to, like, what goes into the zine, or, like, how you guys, how you're finding people to feature, um, or is it mostly just people that you find yourself, um, and also, like, how is that kind of, like, flow of creativity um, how do you pick through it, you know, cause there's so much content that's being created and there's so many artists, so many creatives and like, uh, like only, even in just the LA area, how do you go about like picking who's going to be on the cover? Like who's going to be featured and like also like going through submissions, who are you going to select from those? Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I feel really lucky. Like, yes, it's crazy that there's so many talented people out there and like that makes things difficult. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, that's cool. Like there's a million people to choose from. So while I do have, like, a team of, like, writers and some graphic designers, like, I still, I still curate everything. Like, I, the writers will submit pitches and stuff, but everything's still, like, if it's not a yes from me, then it's not going anywhere. So definitely the personal taste aspect comes in and, like, ultimately, like, I mean, it's different for visual artists versus musical artists. Like, visual artists, it really is, like, okay, is their work just, like, the feel that we kind of have going on? Like it's funny to me because like I don't really think of us as having like a curated aesthetic you know like I don't Mm -hmm. I don't like before I post something on our Instagram feed I don't like think about how to look in the feed as a whole and if it's like goes with the colors like I don't think like that um but then people will say like oh like I love the aesthetic going on and it's like okay it's just like film photography that (laughs) I like um so I guess for visual artists it's like seeing if they kind of go with that feel that I guess we naturally kind of have going on And then, yeah, musical artists, it's crazy. Like, we get a lot of submissions, obviously, and I spend, like, a good chunk of my day trying to listen to everything. Um, And, I mean, I will say, like, 
first of all, there's just a lot of stuff that's easy to sort through as a no because there's just so much, like, I don't want to be mean and say, like, there's so much bad music, <laughs> but, like, there's a lot of stuff where it's, like, this is just a definite no, like, doesn't make sense for our platform, like, just couldn't, in a, just does not mix with what we already have going. And then when it's, like, the middle ground of, like, okay, I kind of like this, you know, I think it's a balance of if they're a newer artist, if this is, like, one of their first singles, like, I want to still be a platform that provides developing artists a place to potentially grow so it's like if I see that potential like definitely willing to support it and back it but if it's I you know I always am trying to look for like that wow factor like everyone wants that um and I want to enjoy listening to it which sounds Mm -hmm. really simple but you know not (laughs) there's a lot of music out there like a lot of submissions that I go through it's like I don't like listening to this I'm not enjoying this there's a lot of there's a lot of good music and there's a lot of bad music. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I also feel like when you have like a submission based anything, like people are just going to send stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we got that in kicks. I see a lot like people just sending in their music because yeah. there was a submission link. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like, you know, as the head of Luna, do you feel a responsibility to kind of uphold certain standards for your content? Like whether that be um like quality wise like you were saying like fitting the certain aesthetic and like whether that be like demographic wise like fitting like creating a certain um type of diverse environment and platform yeah definitely I think with the visual side of stuff it's always tough for me because like I said earlier for musical artists like I still want Luna I always want Luna to be a platform for like young developing artists and I think it's really hard when you're like 17 just getting into photography and you you want like some sort of outside validation to kind of move forward and I think like the magazine zine publication Instagram community is like a really great place for that and so I always want to be that but yeah there are definitely still some standards and guidelines and if I'm ever unsure about something to me that tells me that it should be a no because like most of what we're getting sent in is like really incredible work so if I'm having to think twice about it then then no like I don't want to ever put something in just to put it in mm-hmm. um like I there definitely is still like some standards going on and then I guess going like touch on the diversity thing like it more so applies to when we're doing like features on on individuals um and yeah it's something that it's like we definitely want to take into account like I am like you naturally are thinking of it but not in like a tokenizing way yeah. um, and that's kind of like what I was saying when we were talking before it's like it's part of our platform, obviously, because I think that that should be part of every platform, but mm-hmm. it's not how we, like, brand or advertise ourselves. It's not like, okay, to submit to this, you have to be a person of color. Like, that's not it. But then also when I'm curating, like, let's say for the magazine and we're picking out five features, like, I'm going to make sure that not all five of these features are white males. Yeah. Like, we don't, <laughs> we got plenty of those. So, it's something that's just naturally it feels very naturally embedded into the platform as a whole where it's something that I don't have to think twice about but that I'm also not thinking in a weird way about if that makes sense yeah and I think that like I like you were saying how people always say that Luna Mag has like a certain aesthetic um in like your guys's visual content but I really think that that's just like like what Luna Mag kind of puts together is 
very representative of a certain generation which I think is like our generation where we're like super Mm -hmm. focused on these sorts of issues and we're super focused on diversity and inclusion and making sure that everyone has a voice and everyone's represented Um, and I think like to call that an aesthetic would be like to kind of you know shorten like (laughs) weird (laughs) yeah it's kind of it's kind of minimizing like the power of um like an artistic generation that strives for inclusivity um and so I guess like I would ask do you think that um do you think that like our generations and generations to follow are kind of leaning more towards that or do you think it's kind of just like a phenomenon that like our generation um like took upon and it's not going to continue and it's just kind of like a fad oh I think it'll definitely continue um or at least I hope so but it's been interesting during quarantine like in March and April a lot of zines popped up on Instagram and there a lot of them were very based in social causes which I think is awesome and I think that to me was like the beginning of a new like movement of like okay people this isn't just some phase and it's not something that we just want to call out some big companies to be more diverse and inclusive. Like people are wanting to take things into their own hands and like Mm -hmm. provide that community and that aspect. And it's not competitive one either. Like just because there's a million other platforms that are doing this doesn't mean we don't need another. Yeah. Um, And I think moving forward, I mean, I can't say it for all of our generation, but definitely the group that, you know, probably we're associated with and we're hanging out with like, very conscientious and strive to do better and i hope that the culture also shifts to like a more open and learning culture and i think that was that's been interesting over the past couple months like people want to do good like i've seen a lot of platforms where their heart will be in like a really good place but maybe they don't know all the facts or the proper language and the response is to just tear down these these zines in the comments and it's like this yeah. is probably some teenage girl who wants to raise awareness for some <laughs> topic and she doesn't know like the full story of it. So I hope that, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, yes, this will, the idea of diversity and inclusion will continue moving forward, but I hope that the conversations around it also change so that people are more also putting emphasis on like having open discussions and educating people rather than just, you know, putting up a cool graphic and calling it a day. Yeah. And yeah, that's another thing. I think that a lot of what gets convoluted in like a young, like people always call like the Gen Z generation as being mm-hmm. um, like very opinionated, but also very fragile and very like yeah. offend, like easily offended. Yeah. Which, snowflakes. Exactly. Like, which I think is, is true to an extent, but I don't think it's like necessarily a, a bad thing to be like easily offended. I think that like you were saying that the change of culture is for the better where you know more platforms like Luna Mag are popping up where diversity inclusion are kind of at the basis for how they just um operate and it's not something that they like actively advertise or you know say like we're only taking like these types of artists but rather something that they just include because it should be included um and I, I think that that's almost created like like there's no more space for collectives or for organizations that actively exclude women people of color and like the lgbtq community like exactly and that's like that's what i think is like so impressive of what like what luna mag and what um other collectives have like kind of created it's like it's cool to have a magazine but it's cool to have a magazine that includes everybody and it's not cool to have a magazine that like only features white guys 
which I think exactly. is I think like the like the biggest power of like teenagers and like young adults is just making things cool and like once something yeah. is cool then everyone does it so oh yeah I feel like also like teen girls are the most powerful group out there oh yeah definitely they run the music industry whether people want to talk about it or not like they they are who has the power and we're really lucky to see that now this group of teen girls are like care about people and people's issues and yeah just touch on the sensitivity thing like yeah what's like I don't think there's anything wrong with being offended by someone being like racist you know like there's, yeah. there's a difference it's like it's like you call yeah. this person a slur like of course yeah, they're like, going to be offended there's a difference between yeah like the the snowflake um term yeah. and, and that connotation and like no I'm uncomfortable or upset because you're not being nice <laughs> like and I I think we're like seeing a shift in that too where it's like no people are entitled to be like upset if someone is inappropriate yeah and like you see it like in spaces where people have curated a safe space and have you know they they have a group of people who like of like everyone who's respecting each other and who's you know trying their hardest to make sure that it's an inclusive space like people don't get offended there because there's nothing to be offended about um like the more inclusive you are and the more open you are to like other people and you know like not having these weird like ideologies that like exclude certain people it's people are only going to be offended if you like directly insult their existence you know and so it's like yeah yeah I mean it's not that it's not that hard that's the other thing that I've learned like and it is interesting when people do kind of ask about like the diversity and inclusion aspect of Luna and it came up one of my classes the other day too when we're saying like what's your role in this whole movement and it's like I think it's just not that hard to be a good person and if you have any sort of platform or power like to create space for those that don't like I wasn't no one taught me to do that I didn't like think about that when I was mapping Luna out it just was how it should be and I'm not saying that because like oh I'm so great like give me a pat on the back I'm saying it because like everyone can do it it shouldn't be a big thing and like I'm happy that these conversations are more popular now because you know that'll then hopefully push more people and platforms to be like that but I hope we just get to the point where like that's the norm and no one feels the need that they're special because of that and so great because shout out to you for being a decent person (laughs) like yeah because then it's like what's the normal platform if like if like having an inclusive platform is like the exception then is the norm just having like white guys like that's the normal magazine and then the diversity magazine (laughs) is everybody else else. so it's like it's like what were you expecting in the first place was just are we as if like are we as a society like only expecting content from like straight white guys like is that the only art that we've ever yeah and anything outside of that yeah (laughs) which is not true because I mean like as somebody who's like grown up loving music like there is an abundance of art made by people who are not straight cis white guys and like it's it's very strange to have people um you know like kind of like I think that a lot of like our older generation like does pat themselves on the back for any sort of thing like a corporation does or so, like a long-standing <laughs> yeah. like corporation like does anything to include like to like emphasize diversity or emphasize inclusion yeah. or they're supporting Donates black lives matter exactly yeah. and donate like, to a charity so they can get the write off <laughs> exactly and then they're just like oh wow look at this thing that we did and it's like well then what were you doing before that like not that yeah. like that's that's how i felt in june when all these corporations were getting called out Mm-hmm. for not being diverse brands and you know then they felt like they were doing the right thing by you know whatever action they took and it was like 
no, I have a bigger problem with the yeah. fact that this is you just weren't happening doing it now. before. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not giving you a pat on the back. And I will say, with all this being said, too, it's not like when I'm like working with people, I'm not like, oh, I'm not going to work with someone if they're a white straight male. Like that's so not it either. Like work with plenty of hetero men, white men. Like that's not it. Um, but it's also seeing and recognizing that balance too. It's like okay, we do like these little micro grants and the micro-grants are for people of color only. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not because we're saying we don't want to work with white men. It's like, well, you guys don't need a, a yeah, exactly. grant. <laughs> like, so it's also like that added layer of you can do both yeah. once again. like Yeah, because I mean, in that case, you're just like uh, recovering for the like systemic injustices that have yeah. been committed against artists of color. And so... It's just making up for that in the smallest way you can. Exactly. Um, but I think it, I mean, it, go, it just goes back to like who you're giving a platform to. And I think that's something that I've always like paid close attention. And like you were saying, like for me has always been very easy to not give a platform to somebody who is, who, who has it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very, I mean, it's nice to see platforms being taken away now, but it's also like, I think that a response to that is like people have been equating platforms to like somebody's life. And it's like, that's not like when people like talk about cancel culture and how terrible it is. I think that they're missing the point that somebody can like not be a famous artist anymore, but it doesn't mean that their life is ruined, you know? Yes. It just means they're not allowed to do that thing because, you know, they were using their power for evil and like abusing other people because of it. Yeah. And people, I get when people say it's, it's hard if it's like an artist that they really liked. I mean, especially over the summer, a lot of, I mean, you're from OC, like a lot of these groups, but I mean, a, like some of this was not new information Mm -hmm. for most people. And so it was like, okay, finally, like you guys are going to take these accusations seriously because people have been saying this, but I mean, it's like, okay, sure. Like I want to listen to Mac DeMarco too sometimes, but I'm not gonna (laughs) like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's really not that there's, there's a bunch of people who sound just like him. Yeah, and especially since it was, like, the the white boy indie scene that really got hit, if yeah. you will. It's like, don't worry. Don't worry. There's plenty more where that came from. You can listen to your sad boy indie music. To, you can listen to anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> you can listen to anyone else. Like, you'll be okay. And that artist will be fine, too. Like, exactly. even if their their career is over, I'm doing quotes, like, it's not. They'll be fine. Like, they won't ever have truly have like the the consequences just because of like how we're set up, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely strange. I think that it's people are moving towards like diversity in a lot of like content creative spaces, um, which I think is cool. But I, I also think that there is a line of like who's doing it because they want to show that they're like diverse, and who's doing it because they actually believe that you know this is the way that things should be and I think that's something like that you want to emphasize in Luna is that you're not just doing it to you know you're not just like counting off your check boxes being like all right we have like you know we're representing like this amount of people and stuff like that you're just kind of doing it because (laughs) especially in the art world and this is something that me and Nat talked about last week is that there's so like the art world especially in LA and like just creatives and people who are involved in DIY spaces tend to be diverse and tend to like include all sorts of people because that's kind of like the ethics Mm -hmm. that 
surround it and so like taking taking that community and then just like yeah uplifting it through a platform like luna mag is you know only gonna like add to that and it is and you're already pulling from a diverse group of creatives anyway so i can i imagine that it's i mean from what i've like learned talking to people it's not hard to find no it's not at all and it's like okay let's say the internet didn't exist like we live in la that's already like a crazy pull like I'm from here. Obviously, we went to school here together. And, like, that already is an enormous pool of talent that you're able to tap in. And then, you know, there's the whole social media and internet thing where you can connect and find people from all over the place. So when people are saying that they couldn't find someone, you know, someone diverse for a role or or position or something like that. You just didn't look hard enough. Yeah. bro. Like, because that's, that's like, I just, like, find that really hard to believe. Like, it's not, it's not hard. Like, that doesn't mean that it's super easy and careless. Like these people, I mean, Nat's a good example, like definitely putting in the time to like curate their lineups and, and give, give space to those that need it. But it's not like anyone's breaking their back over spending, you know, doing that. Like it is, it's, it's there. And also like Nat was like talking about like her ethics and booking shows and stuff. Like she like specifically mentioned that she'll go with a band who maybe is playing their first show ever and like doesn't have any fans, like doesn't have any listens on Spotify, but she'll book them because she wants to give them that chance. But it's not like that with Luna Mag. Like you can't just feature every single person who submits something. Like yeah. you said, you want to have you want to have that wow factor. But even then, like you're saying, it's still not an issue to find yeah. people who have that wow factor. It's tough too because I also never want to. I sometimes when I am like declining someone or something like that, it's like I'm not declining you because I don't want to, not because I don't understand that you're a growing artist and at the beginning like things aren't tough like, and it's not that I don't want to take a chance on you. It's just you know, there's a million other factors going into it. And it was hard. Like, I mean, I only recently started like maybe the past two, three months, not replying to every single email because I would always still like reply, you know, thanks for reaching out, you know, we're going to pass on this, but it's like, okay, it's not that I don't do that now because I don't care to listen. And I don't care unless, you know, the emails from like you music or something like that. It's like, no, just, I need to have the attention be elsewhere. And, you know, I'll, in my mind, it's like it would be better for me to get through more submissions and not maybe reply to everyone, but at least give them this time of day. Like, I'm still willing, doesn't matter what your numbers are or what your background is, like, I'll still give you the time of day to listen. Like, that's never going to change. But, yeah, there's a whole pool. Like, for every, even if not everything I'm listening to I'm in love with and it isn't the best, like, just to find that gem of an artist or song or anything like that, like, that's ultimately the point, you know, to, yeah. to find those people. And I think that's, like, another great thing about how the, like, like, I, w- I also wanted to talk about, like, how there are so many collectives and so many magazines, especially now that people are all online and we can't do shows, like, people are just turning to the internet for content. And I think there's been, like, mm-hmm. more content than ever, at least, like, on KXSC side, we've been coming out with more content than we ever had before. Yeah, not um, you guys. Yeah, and I think it's just because people, like, want to keep doing stuff despite the circumstances but mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, I guess we were just talking about how there's so many magazines, there's so many collectives out there. Like if you're an artist just starting out, like there's going to be a place for you to showcase your music. And it's like, exactly. just because one place says no, like doesn't mean that another place is going to say no as well. So either, there's so many chances. Exactly. For as much as there's a million artists out there, there's a million 
platforms out there, yeah. you know? It's it's never, like, a personal thing either. Yeah, and I think that's just, like, another part of, like, the DIY ethics and community is that everybody wants there to be a space for content. Everybody wants to help others succeed, which yeah. is something that I have always really loved, and I think that was what draws a lot of people to, like, DIY spaces is that mm-hmm. everybody is just, like, really supportive and nice and... Yeah, I see it as, like, we're all on the same team and touching on, like, there's so many magazines now, too, and like I said earlier, a lot of Instagram pages and zines popped up in the spring, and at the end of the spring, or no, kind of in the summer, we started, like, a publication network, and it's really just, like, a slack for all these, like, zines and magazines and publications to just, like, have a place to connect and talk because it's interesting because it's a community where there aren't, like, guidelines like a lot of kids that are doing this they're figuring it out it's not like you learn in your classes how to do this type of thing exactly so it's helpful to just have like a place where people that are in the same page can like connect and I just see it as like everyone can help each other out like there's not a limited space like there can be a million different magazines and zines on Instagram there's not it's not there's no need to like gatekeep it (laughs) yeah and I think that it's like honestly the opposite of what I don't mean I was not in the music industry like back in the day, like the 90s, 2000s. But I feel like that whole like thing about like gatekeeping and, you know, keeping resources to one person or excluding people was like was such a big part of the music industry up until like a couple years ago. And like I was attending some like online networking event for the music industry program at USC. It was like Mm -hmm. on the virtual world. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, Kevin Lyman was telling me about this. Yeah, and it was like the guy who was opening the like convention or whatever the online thing. He did this opening speech where he said that the way that he got into the music industry was he found out that his friend who worked in the mailroom with him at an agency had an interview with like one of the top agents at the company. And so when he found out about his friend's interview, he went to the agent's office and was like, you should hire me instead without even like interviewing the other guy. (laughs) And so it's like, and like, he was like, and that's how you get into the music industry. And like, that's how you like, you know, Mm. take control of your life. And it's like, no, that's just like, you just stole some other guy's opportunity. You were probably white and male. Yeah, (laughs) literally. Exactly. And so it's just like, that's such a different way of thinking um than like what other people that I know in the music industry go in with because it's it's not if you're going in the music industry just because you want yourself to succeed especially if you're like an agent or something like that you're not even an artist like (laughs) if you're an agent you're going into the music industry with only the goal of having yourself succeed it's like you're in it for the wrong reasons and that's like another like example of someone we shouldn't be giving a platform to yeah. And it, it, it goes for people in the music industry as well as it goes for artists. Like, they're not the only people who have the power mm-hmm. who who create the spaces. So it was just, like, interesting to me. Like, do you find, like, a lot of people like that in, in like... I mean, you said you had, like, the, the, the publications network, but do you think that there's, like, still people like that, like, in, in, the, whole, in the whole community, yeah. I guess? It's super weird, too, because... I was talking to another um, publication editor about this last week and she said, and I do get DMs that'll ask like questions about magazine logistics and always answer them, of course. And I'm always surprised when they'll say something along the lines of like, thank you for being so nice. Like other magazines, like don't reply or don't want to share or anything like that. And they were kind of asking me about that. I'm like, I think that's so weird. Like you're gatekeeping the publication industry. Like (laughs) I'm confused. Like I see it as, you can give everyone like the same tools and 
we'll all make something different. Like, I don't keep secrets. Like, I'm very transparent with most things with our platforms. Like, yeah, I'll tell you how we publish it. I'll tell you, like, the apps I use, the programs. Like, why would that take away from what I'm doing? But Yeah, exactly. So, to me, I think, it, like, that seems pretty obvious. But, yeah, I have heard that that's not the case for everyone. And I think that's really um weird so if you're doing that stop doing that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like just stop um I mean but it goes across the board for everything and like you said with music because it's more accessible like production and everything like that like okay sure there's a lot more people will argue that's like oversaturated but it's like or it's not some like exclusive art club that you have to have money to get into like people are doing it and like ultimately like I just feel like if you are good at what you do and like you work hard and are nice like that will carry you that Mm -hmm. right like at the end of the day like that's kind of what's important just be a good person and be good at what you do yeah exactly (laughs) and it I mean I that like that adds to the oversaturation of like indie white boys and and music (laughs) scenes is because they already have like all the tools and like they had their dad that was in a rock band and he was like his age they have like the like they have like all the instruments at home yeah exactly and so it's like of course they're going to be the ones who start a band early who start making music early who start creating content early because they had all the resources from the get-go but then it's it's weird when when you like keep going and it's like you're not going to help somebody just because for like what for what reason yeah literally literally for what it's like you're not going to like tell somebody how to like do something or how to like make an app work or something so it's yeah it's very weird it's very like the music industry I feel like used to be it's either you or me like only one of us can win there's only room in this town for one of us but it's not like that once you start working it's not like that it's I know that's what's weird is when people kind of ask about it because like yeah, like, my professional experience has also been in marketing and music, and, I mean, you hear, like, crazy stories, and I'm sure I, like, had my fair share of not-so-pleasant things, but I just kind of feel like, especially if you're, like, a woman, like, you just kind of, like, mind your business, and you do what you're supposed to do, and stand up for yourself when you're supposed to, like, it's not like it is in the, in the 90s, and I'm not saying it's, it's perfect, and it's all equal now, like, no, no there's yeah. still a lot of work to be done, but I don't want anyone to ever be, like, scared about it like you don't need to be scared like I think I think now we've shifted to being like more optimistic about it because people are finally listening of like oh yeah there needs to be changes yeah so hopefully that like continues yeah and I think that a lot of like the old organizations of in music and the old platforms especially like um like just like award platforms like Grammys Oscars I mean Oscars aren't music but like all those old like yeah like even like Billboard and like Billboard Top 100 and stuff like that doesn't carry as much weight anymore what does it even mean it's like does it even like what does it even mean to be number one artist in the world like is that yeah is like Drake is number one like on Billboard all the time and it's like yeah. I don't... Drake was the most popular artist in the world, and he still got booed off stage, you know? Like... I know. So it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And the thing with the award stuff, and it's nothing with, like, an attitude with myself or anything, but I think it's so full of crap sometimes, because I'm like... Not that my taste is the only taste that exists, but sometimes I'm like, you're really going to tell me that, like, this artist is... Be- like, really? Like, who decided that? Like, and it's just all... It's all kind of a game, so I hope... Yeah, I feel like rising artists or any like anyone in the entertainment world like just do not get caught up in that because it literally means nothing. And like with Spotify's role and stuff, it kind of changes it too because it's like 
I think there's some value to being on like pollen or something like that or mm-hmm. lorem and like that opens up a whole new yeah. door where it's like oh it's not that you're like the f- number one on the chart but you are on this like playlist that covers a lot of ground so yeah i just feel like that that has widened like what it means to have yeah. any ounce of like recognition i guess or validation it's not about just like winning some trophy <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's definitely i think now that the internet has been around for quite a while and people are like there's definitely become niches within internet culture and within Mm -hmm. like physical communities but also just like online communities and like music genres like art genres and like just different aesthetics people kind of fall into on the internet it's more important to get your music out to the audience that's going to listen to it than it is to just Mm -hmm. advertise to everybody and be and put your music out there and expect it to be on a chart or expect it to be on Spotify's fresh finds it's like it's much better to be on a playlist that's curated towards the type of music that you make and the type of art you create there's there's so many I mean there's like how there's a million different accounts that have a million followers on Instagram that you've never heard of and there's a million artists on Spotify that have hundreds of millions of streams that you've never heard of and that doesn't mean that they're not doing well it's just like you said there's so many different niches now and it's better to like just tap into that like if you have like a supportive community like whatever it is you're doing like tap into that like that's what matters you know yeah exactly and like the more you get involved with a specific niche and a specific community like the more that that community is gonna like support you and is gonna yeah. want you to succeed so um I definitely love the way that that has changed in the music industry and it's something that's made me excited to work in it because all the horror stories you hear from like old guys working in the music industry like maybe still exist but it's definitely not true for people who are creating content now and who are going to be the content creators of the next generation so and I think that you as Luna Mag are going to be one of those people or already are one of those people who curates content for our generation (laughs) and who is a tastemaker and who you know (laughs) Thank you. And you recognize <laughs> you recognize the talent around us and stuff like that. But I guess my last question would be, I guess it's a two-part question because I kind of just want to know um, what your favorite issue has been or your favorite feature um, and what would be like an artist or a creator that you would like dr- like love to feature, like your dream, your dream magazine. Yeah. Um, so I guess my favorite issue is definitely like our most recent editorial one, our 13th issue that came out in September, just because it had a lot of artists that like I personally listened to a lot. Like the cover feature was Kari Foe. We had Afi Templeman, Michelle, Spencer. And like these were all artists that like I genuinely am a fan of. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that everyone else in past issues like I'm not a fan of but it was like this was just like everyone that I really really liked and they were they had been on my list for a while but I never felt comfortable reaching out to you know and I think I will always say that whatever the most recent issue is is my favorite which I feel good about in the sense of it's like okay you're yeah you're supposed to like top yourself every time and you want to be into the people that you've Mm -hmm. most recently worked with and then like dream person I know it's such like a cheesy classic answer but like Tyler the creator because he's like a really big inspiration for me not just from like a creative side but also from a business side like I feel like he's really created his own subculture which I can't think of anyone in our like generation that has done that um and I just really look to him for like as an entrepreneur I guess and I just um 
really admire him. Like, I'm not going to be a fangirl right now, but I really, res- I really respect him. Um, but like you said, fangirls are the epitome. Yeah, of yeah, exactly. Industry. And I think he's cool because he's he's really created a shift in the culture of like there is more of a respect towards young adults and teenagers as like culture consumers. I guess yeah. like they, they really are what shape it, and there's a lot of like sub cultures within that um and yeah I could go on about him forever but I'm not gonna because that's embarrassing (laughs) so (laughs) no but I think you're right I think that like odd future in that whole kind of era was like the start or one of the beginnings of yeah like those niche subcultures and like the aesthetics the fashion the music everything everything that goes together that creates like a specific brand that so many people like tag on to and it's like easy exactly. it's very easy to recognize it's easy to like label almost it's easy to kind of generalize this group of like music listeners and this group of content consumers yeah. and then that just kind of followed for a bunch of other music genres and exactly also like tyler is just like the kind of person who is going to create what he wants to create and wants it to be perfect and yeah. wants it Doesn't to be care. good if- yeah rather than fit whatever sort of like boxes you know like award companies or whatever like puts music musicians into yeah i was listening to um the dissect podcast on spotify um about flower boy and everything but they kind of touched on like yeah not everyone liked his music um, up until recently and you got to give him some credit for that because it was a very small group and i also just think it's cool how he like really rebranded himself kind of like effortlessly well not effortlessly but didn't make a big deal it was like yeah i'm different i'm gonna keep doing different music really don't care if you're not into it like yeah this isn't cherry bomb anymore but so what like yeah exactly <laughs> I, I can change like i think it's cool to have more i know we see this now like you can change their artists don't have to have your own little box you can keep reinventing yourself and people that like you maybe they stick around maybe they don't but yeah. you know if you're doing it for yourself yeah i think artists are always scared to change because they feel like their audience isn't gonna like like whatever they go into they get comfortable yeah but i think that audiences and you know especially if it's like a very specific niche that you're in i like audiences grow and get get over things just as quickly as normal regular people do so yeah i mean audiences are really just collections of regular people and go through phases and not everybody's going to be into the same thing for like we're years all and human. years. And we're all humans. Yeah. Yes. We all human. We all change. We, we all, all change. Evolve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you have a loyal fan base, they're going to like whatever you do, even if it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. They trust you. Yeah. So I guess that's our message is just create the content you want to create. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, seriously. Do, do whatever it is you want to do. This is what I remember you and Natalie touched touched on this like yeah just literally do it just do it <laughs> like there's yeah. no boundaries for anything there's no barriers to entry just freaking do it yeah like, just do it and if and it's better if you have a community behind you who's helping you and who's holding your hand that's something mm-hmm. that i will always do with people and who i want to happen to me is when i'm making something like or i'm like in a class or i'm in any sort of setting i want somebody to hold my hand through the whole thing yeah and it's like i want to feel like my hand's being held i want to feel supported and it's so much easier to do what you want to do and to have confidence in yourself and to feel like what you're making is actually going to have an impact when you have a community behind you who's 100%. helping you. Even if it turns out bad, like, yeah. at least you did How it. How are you going to learn? Know? Yeah, I'll hold your hand. Exactly. I'll always hold your hand. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'll hold your hand, too. Yay. Hold everyone's hands. Yay. <laughs> exactly. All right, cool. well, thank you for talking to me today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
I guess we'll do a little outro. It's going to be the same one as last week, and I'm going to input it right here. All right. All right. I think that's good. (laughs) 